This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. What is the purpose of this life? What are we to do? How will it all end? The answers are simple, but they're not easy. Michael Rood shares the plain truth from the Gospels, direct from the mouth of the Messiah, the prophet we must hear and obey, because it's the end of the sixth day. The sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom Torah fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Yes, the Michael Rood. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, by the way. It's the final episode tonight with Michael Rood, Famous Last Words. This is a series that we thought deserved a second look. So we brought it back out of the archives. We dressed it up a little bit, and it's been a blockbuster, mainly because Michael is a spitfire in this thing. We left in a few of the uh, idiots and moron comments just for, for fun. So uh, tonight is the final episode, the Famous Last Words of Yeshua the Judge, and there's even more to this story, including a final bonus episode that you can find on the michaelrue.tv app. Now, speaking of bonuses, let's talk about Mission Monday. What's that? Let's find out from the Chief Operating Officer of Rude Awakening International, Ted Clayton. Scott, it is a wonderful time to be here right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Shabbat Shalom. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving here, uh, I guess, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we just are so glad to celebrate Shabbat with you right now. Shabbat Shalom. Indeed. I hope you had fun uh, going online and getting some kind of Black Friday deals if you did that. But we have something uh, even more spectacular than that. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. It's... Mission Monday time mm -hmm. again, ladies and gentlemen. That's the time that you can get great deals, two-for-one deals, exclusive items, new stuff, and there's going to be some fantastic new stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Every hour for 12 hours, there are new deals happening, and this is just going to be absolutely fantastic. Starts 9 a.m. on uh, Monday morning. Ladies and gentlemen, don't miss out. You can watch us uh, on the michaelrood.tv app. You can watch us uh, on the website at mm -hmm. michaelrood.tv. Uh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and, and ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to want to miss this. This is absolutely fantastic stuff. Now, I know we've said in the past, this is fantastic. It can't get any better. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's gotten better this year. Don't miss Mission Monday. Now, why do we do Mission Monday? We do Mission Monday at this time of year because we have to plan for next year. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna not do? Especially with Michael still healing up, we've gotta make a lot of plans. We have to bring in guests. When we bring in those guests, we gotta put them up in a hotel. We gotta give them an honorarium for their time. Of course, that's only proper to do. Right. So, where does all this come from? This all comes from you. You make that possible. And so one of the ways we do that is to uh, is donations, of course, and thank you for donating to this ministry, by the way. That's the only way you're seeing this show. Mm -hmm. But the other, one of the other ways is through Mission Monday. So we give you a sale on the items that are really cool. They're fun to have oh, in absolutely. the first place. But they help, you know, bring up the bank account a little bit for the next year so absolutely. we can plan all this stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mission Monday was uh, designed and prepared so that we could 
not only give you wonderful resources that you can use to educate yourself and others for a fraction of the price that we would normally be able to offer them, but ladies and gentlemen, this year, it is just gonna be even more spectacular. I'm not stretching it, this is the truth, and there's gonna be some really special things on the Chronological Gospel, so you're not gonna wanna miss a single hour. Every hour is different. So if you go, if you watch the nine o'clock hour, the 10 o'clock hour is gonna be different. The Mm -hmm. 11 o'clock, the 12 o'clock, the one o'clock hour, all the hours, all the way 12 hours, different specials on different things. Don't miss a single hour. Watch it all day. Indeed. And you might say, well, I'll just wait till the end. Well, that's one strategy, but yeah. there are some limits on some of these things. That's right. We don't have an unlimited supply of some of this, so if you wait to the end of the day, some things might be gone depending on yeah. how popular they are, so just keep that in mind. Well, everything everything is uh, with the uh, amount that we have, mm-hmm. okay? So we, we, we go until they're gone, and if they're gone, if waiting until the end of the day probably wasn't the best idea. So every hour you need to come back, get in on these deals. They're gonna be spectacular, ladies and gentlemen. You're not gonna wanna miss it because Mm -hmm. you don't wanna miss out and we don't wanna sell out on something before you can get it. So watch every hour. Indeed, and we call it Mission Monday because the mission is your mission. So we do a lot of two for ones and things Mm -hmm. like this. And like Ted was saying, deeply discounted things. I think the greatest discount is like 58% off or something like that this year. Anyway, we do that so that even if you have, let's say for example, uh, the Red Sea Crossing, one of Michael Rood's most popular teachings ever. If there's a sale on Red Sea Crossing, it's not that you can hang on to it. It's so that you can get it at a fraction of the price and it's like, great, I'm gonna hand that off to a friend. They've never seen this, they need to see this. Go ahead and have it, you don't even need to give it back because I spent so little on it, just go ahead and keep it. That's the whole idea of this thing, is to give away the chronological gospels, to give away teachings from Michael Root, to give away the things that are gonna help change people's lives or at least get them to think a little bit more about what's coming because right now, I'll tell you what, this world is going to you know where in a handbasket and we need to be preparing ourselves, and that means getting serious about our faith. And you know that if you've come to a rude awakening, you've already gotten serious about your faith. You know that you've dove deeper into the Bible because just sitting in a pew every week wasn't good enough for you, and you said, no, 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 there's gotta be more here. And there's other Mm. people asking that same question, but they haven't said it out loud. Maybe you can say, say it out loud. I know what you're thinking. Yes, there is more, and you need to be getting ready for these end times because guess what? They're upon us, and if you're not thinking that, I think your head's in the sand. Absolutely right. You know, Scott, now, not, not part of Mission Monday, but we have also something that is very, very special called the love gift. And ladies and gentlemen, this month is a very, very special love gift. Scott, tell us more about the love gift that's happening this month. Well, as part of like uh, what, what Michael's talking about tonight is uh, basically the meaning of life and what, you know, the Yeshua's last sure. words to his disciples Absolutely. and all that kind of thing. The, the, the love gift kind of ties in with that a little bit, but it's not Michael, it's Pastor Carl Gallup's who was gracious enough to come here and do a whole bunch of teachings with us, uh, including this one, The Meaning of Life. Uh, and there's a great teaching about uh, questions like, why is there so much pain in the world if Yehovah is merciful? How can we say that we have the victory when all seems lost? And especially now, everything seems like it all seems lost. Mm. How the heck do we have the victory? Absolutely. And will I recognize my loved ones when I'm in eternity? You know, all these things that, you know, new Christians and even those who are not Christians or are, you know, new believers uh, are asking. And Pastor Carl Gallops has a real great way of 
of explaining these things at a real basic level that you could say, ah, that's the answer I need to give yes. so-and-so who's been asking me that because I didn't know how to answer that. So this is a great teaching for a gift of $50 or more. And we have another uh, couple of great teachings here. And again, these are not only available until November 30th and then they're gone, which is basically right. uh, next Tuesday. Right. So you want to get them. Well, this is spectacular. I love this and this, by the way, this little oh. mini menorah mm -hmm. uh, right here. Once again, it's something that you can place on your desk. A great conversation starter on uh, your faith uh, because people say, well, gosh, I didn't know you were Jewish. Well, no, wait a minute. <laughs> it's, it's not about Jewish. It's about the Messiah. And so this is really good to have. And it's not a Hanukkah for next no, week. No, it's, it's a seven-branch menorah. It's seven-branch The menorah. only one that exists. That's right. <laughs> and we have this wonderful tile. I know all month I have been just gushing about this tile. Mm -hmm. But this is so spectacular, ladies and gentlemen. It's a beautiful Shalom uh, tile uh, from the Holy Land. And you can hang it or you could have its own hanger, or you can display it like we're displaying it here. Now, the display doesn't come with it, but you can get these displays on online anywhere very inexpensively, so it's great. Or you can make it a centerpiece on a new tile project that you could do in your home. Yeah, like do, I've seen people do a, a cutting board. Yes. You could put that in the center of the Absolutely. cutting board. You know, Absolutely. If you're handy like that, have fun with have it. Have fun. And for your gift of $300 or more, ladies and gentlemen, this is a spectacular, spectacular painting of uh, the Lion of Judah protecting Jerusalem. It is just spectacular. Of course, it's a reproduction, mm -hmm. but it is just absolutely beautiful. It's got a wonderful uh, solid frame on mm -hmm. it, and it's uh, hangable, Then you can hang it in your house and make it such a wonderful centerpiece uh, for your home. Once again, another great, great discussion piece to talk about your faith. Right. And it's a gift. You're not yeah. even buying it. You support the ministry. Michael Absolutely. says, give, give folks something to say thank you. So that yes. is the thank you gift from Michael Root himself. So. And we appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know how much Michael and the entire Rude crew appreciate you and everything you do for us here at A Rude Awakening. And we're just so honored to be uh, part of the ministry with you. So God bless. All right, thanks, Ted. All right, what is the purpose of life? What are we to do? How will it all end? These answers are simple, but they're not easy. It's the final episode of Famous Last Words with Michael Root. Tonight, it's the Famous Last Words of Yeshua the Judge. See you back here in two minutes. Ancient Pharisees and new believers alike have struggled with the same question. What does it mean to be born again? Using simple examples from Yehovah's creation, Pastor Carl Gallops reveals the mystery of the gospel in this month's Love Gift teaching. How can we become a new creature and just live this exotic life? Well, how does a caterpillar become a butterfly and fly through the air when it used to slink along the ground as a grub? In this month's Love Gift teaching, the meaning of life, Pastor Carl Gallops will challenge you to simplify what you understand about the Bible and encourage you to trust Yehovah with things that the human mind cannot comprehend. Right now, for a limited time, you can get your copy of The Meaning of Life by donation. Donate a $50 love gift and we'll send you The Meaning of Life on DVD or Blu-ray. Or for a donation of $100, we'll send you The Meaning of Life, plus a silver-plated menorah collectible, and this decorative accent tile with the word Shalom in English and Hebrew. Or as a special offer, for a donation of $300,
we'll send you The Meaning of Life, The Menorah Collectible and Accent Tile, plus a beautiful framed canvas of the Lion of Judah watching over ancient Jerusalem. These are special gifts from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Don't wait. The Meaning of Life is available only until November 30th and supplies are limited. Call now to receive your gifts. 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. The Chronological Gospels Bible is changing lives all over the world, putting everything the Messiah did in exact chronological order and explaining the behind-the-scenes truth of what the Messiah did, when He did it, and why. The timing of it all means everything. And now, the Chronological Gospels can be easier on your eyes. The larger print edition features 40% larger type, and every page appears exactly the same as the original, so you can follow along with others who have the regular size version. The Chronological Gospels Larger Print Edition also has wider margins to write notes, and the premium quality paper means you can highlight without soaking through. Plus, the Larger Print Edition lies flat, so you can teach without having to hold the book open. The Chronological Gospels Larger Print Edition is a big and beautiful coffee table book, measuring a full 12 inches tall and 9 inches wide. Study the Bible with clarity and ease. I love the size of this book. This is 9 by 12. The paper is, is perfect because it doesn't bleed through when I write on it. I can mark it up, and I always make notes in all my Bibles. Everything is the same place as it is on the smaller version, and I can just stand back and I can teach from it, and it's just, it's the perfect size. I pray thee, of whom speaks this prophet? Order the Chronological Gospels Larger Print Edition by phone or online. You'll get 40% larger type than the original. Call 800-788-7887. That's 800-788-7887 or get the Chronological Gospels Bible Larger Print Edition online at arudeawakening.tv slash large. Several years ago, I was in the land of Israel and having Sabbath dinner with a group of Messianic Jews. They brought out the Negelvesser, the two-handled pot, and they said this prayer in Hebrew, blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us by your commandments, commanding us concerning the washing of hands. I stopped, I said, this is exactly what Yeshua did not do. He said, this is takanot. This is a commandment that is added by the Pharisees, and Yeshua said, do not follow the takanot and ma'asim of the Pharisees. Don't do what they do, say you're doing it for me. Yeshua said, as often as you do this, this is what you do. You take the bread, and especially on Shabbat, we do this in remembrance of him. Baruch Yehovah Elohim Melech Olam. 
Hamotzi lechem min haaretz. This is how Yeshua blessed the Most High with the very blessing that Melchizedek spoke to Abraham. And Abraham, Abraham saw Yeshua's day and he rejoiced because he recognized the broken body. And Yeshua said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And then Yeshua took the cup. And he said, Baruch Atah Yehovah, Elohino Melech HaOlam, Borei Pri Hagafen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine, and Yeshua said, this represents the renewed covenant in my blood. As often as you break this bread and you drink this cup and you say this prayer, you recognize that it is all about me. It is all about me and that you'll be drinking this cup with me in my Father's kingdom. Lahaim. Shabbat Shalom. We step back in time to visit the, the famous last words of David, of Solomon, of Moses, of Peter, and now we're into the last words of Yeshua. First of all, Yeshua's last words to his apostles, his sent ones, the ones that he has been training, that have been with him now for, uh, for a, uh, an entire year period of time. Uh, some of them not quite that long, but uh, most of them have been with him for just about one year at this point because we are now back at Passover, uh, the Passover of John chapter two and three. Now we're at the Passover of John chapter 12 a year later. And we see that Yeshua's last words to his apostles are to guard, to guard, to diligently keep, to guard his words. Uh, in, in the Greek, uh, it is, uh, we, we take the, the Greek words and go right back uh, from the English to keep, we go right back into the Septuagint and find that it's the word shomer. Just as we are told to shomer, guard the month of the Aviv, guard it, and to guard shomer the Sabbath, we are told to shomer, to guard the words of Yeshua. Because his commandments and what he is teaching, this is what we are to teach to the entire world. And so now we have gone back and to the last Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 23, where Yeshua, in front of the entire nation, gathered together just two days before a Passover in which about a quarter million lambs are gonna be sacrificed. And remember, it's a lamb for a household, okay? And so uh, at, at this point in time, there are Josephus estimated millions who would be there for the feast, up to two and a half million uh, be there for the feast. The low number is 800,000, which is the total population of Jerusalem in modern day times right now. And that's where uh, I lived for, you know, for 10 years. And so, you know, in Jerusalem is a big city. Now we see that with that many people there and up on the Temple Mount 
inspecting the Passover lamb, he completely undresses the religious system that the Pharisees and the wise men of Israel had concocted by making takanot, by making laws which changed biblical law, and by claiming ma'asim, or acts of the rabbis which serve as a legal precedent for proper behavior. Yeshua said, don't follow them. It's a commandment of Yeshua. He said, don't call anyone rabbi, don't call anyone father, don't call anyone the teacher. You know, you're all on the same level. He alone stands above the crowd, head and shoulders above everyone. Then he completely undresses the entire religious system and tell them, told them that they are making those who follow them ineligible to come into the kingdom. They won't go in, they're preventing others who otherwise would go in, and he is telling them that it's basically, if they don't repent, it's all over. They have to turn around. Yeshua storms off the Temple Mount, and as he storms off the Temple Mount, we saw that he has four disciples that actually follow him over to the Mount of Olives. On the way out, as we saw in our chronological gospels in on page 211, incident 175, that Yeshua prophesies of the destruction of the temple as he leaves the temple for the last time. And as he's on his way out, his disciples decide that they're gonna change the subject and they start showing him uh, the, 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 the work that's going on as far as the construction of the temple. And he says, yeah, take a good look at it, boys. There's not gonna be one stone left on top of another. It is all coming down. Now, I'm going to read uh, and uh, put aside my, uh, my, my regular uh, New Testament and my 42-year-old uh, Bible here. And we're gonna go to the chronological gospels because here we're going to grab this very uh, incident as Yeshua then goes over to the Mount of Olives. Not one word is recorded. When he tells them that the, the temple is going to be completely destroyed, they are stunned because you just don't take down the temple, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking, you know, this is almost like nuclear holocaust. It's going to completely destroy the entire fabric of the nation of Israel, and it does when it goes down. They know what it means. They don't even open their mouths. They are in stunned silence. And now we're gonna pick it up. Even though Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this, we're gonna stay with Matthew on this. As Yeshua sat on the Mount of Olives, four of his disciples, which are Kepha, Yaakov, Yohanan, and Andrew, and we find out about that because Luke uh, tells us exactly who it is that is, uh, uh, excuse me, Mark is the one who tells us who these disciples are. They came to him privately and said, okay, tell us, when will these things be? When is this going to be destroyed? When is our life, you know, basically as we know it, gonna be finished? And what will be the sign of your coming and the events at the end of the age? The word end is suntalia, soon together with talos. So this is like, a, a perfect example is a, a black Labrador retriever that has the last three and a half inches of its tail white tip. The whole dog is black. The suntalia is the entire dog's tail. So the disciples, realizing the 
importance of what Yeshua just said. Again, when will these things take place? What will be the sign of your coming? Because he told them that he was going to return. And the events of the Suntalia of the age. And Yeshua answered them and said, in words that probably should be printed three inches tall, take heed, listen carefully, obey what I say to do. That's what take heed means. Guard what I say, listen to me carefully so that no man will be able to deceive you. Many will come in my name acknowledging that I am Messiah, yet they will deceive many. You're gonna hear of wars and threats of wars, do not be terrorized. All these things must come to pass, but the very end, the telos, is not yet. So these are things, speaking of the Suntelli, but the telos, the final point, is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom shall rise against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in many places. All these are just the beginning of the birth pangs. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and they shall kill you. Now it's getting heavy. You'll be hated of all nations because of me. At that time, many shall be caught in the snare King James says, many shall be offended. It's the word scandalizo, okay? Scandalizo, a snare that is set by observing the intended prey in their own natural habitat and setting a snare that looks like part of their comfortable environment. Yeshua prophesied that false prophets, those who assert that they are speaking for him, will set a trap that will cause believers to hate and betray each other to death. What could cause such betrayal, I ask in the footnote? What disappointed false expectation could trigger such a deadly trap that would capture believers in their own self-constructed comfort zone? We're gonna see. At that time, you're gonna be hated and killed, and many will be caught in the snare that has been set by false teachers, and then they will hate one another The believers will hate and betray each other. Many false teachers shall rise up among the believers. They will mislead many because those who are without Torah will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. It's the word anomia, without Torah. Because those who are without Torah will multiply. The love of many will grow cold, but those who endure to the very end, to the talos, shall indeed be rescued, shall be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached throughout the entire world for a witness to all nations, period. Of course, in the original text, there are no periods. I'm putting the punctuation where it should be here. Now we're gonna have to uh, skip uh, Mark and Luke and go right over to the rest of this verse. It should be a new verse here. The end, Talos will come. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the, that Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever reads, let him understand. 
the talos. So the question is, what are the events of the Suntalia? But Yeshua says, you're gonna see all these things, but the talos is not yet, the talos is not yet. All these things, but the talos is not yet. But then the talos will come when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. And you have to go back to Daniel and see what this abomination of desolation is, what it was the first time when Antiochus Epiphanes put his statue of Zeus in the temple on Zeus's birthday, December 25th, declaring Zeus, the Greek sun god, to be God. And whoever did not bow was executed. When you see this, because even though it happened in the time of Antiochus, Yeshua is speaking of it in the future. It's not a one-time event, ladies and gentlemen. That was to let us know what is about to take place. At that time, anyone who obeyed the Torah was executed. Women who circumcised their children. The baby was hung around the mother's neck. Both of them were run through a sword and then the mother was hanged from the wall in Jerusalem. As a warning, do not keep the Torah. Do not keep the Torah. And because those who do not keep the Torah will be multiplied, then the love of many is gonna wax cold and it's going to be one hellacious experience. So this abomination of desolation is what triggers the last, the, the talos. Not the suntalia, but the talos. That's what it is. The way it is punctuated in King James has people thinking that, oh, once we get the gospel all over the world, then the end will come. No, that's not the point. It's missing it completely. That's why you have to read Daniel to understand. You can't go by these King James translators and how they handled it. It's wrong. They're dead wrong. They didn't take you back to Daniel because the abomination of Desolation is what starts the Suntalia, the last three and a half years. The confirmation of the covenant, when the Ark of the Covenant is revealed, is what starts the last seven. But the abomination of desolation, when that transpires, it says, let those who are in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house, neither let him who is in the field return back to take his clothes. Woe to those who are with child and those who are nursing. Give suck in those days. Pray that your flight is not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath, for then, when you see the abomination of desolation, for then, it goes back to the context, when you see the abomination of desolation, that is when the talos begins, then you shall see great tribulation, such as was not from the beginning of time, nor nor ever shall be, and unless those days are shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then, if any man shall say to you, look, here's the Messiah there, don't believe it. There are gonna arise many false messiah and false prophets, and they will show great signs and wonders. They'll wave their hand and entire auditoriums will fall down backwards. So much that if it were possible that they will deceive the very elect. Look, I am foretelling this. Guard the words of Yeshua. He's foretelling us false prophets. Therefore, if they, these prophets say, look, he's outside the city and you must go to him, go not forth, don't go, it's not me. If they will say to you, watch, because he is coming in secret. The word tamion, which is in secret, he's coming in secret. Don't believe it. 
Don't believe it. There is no secret pre-tribulation rapture. Yeshua said, these are false deceivers who will preach this. I know, I was one for 20 years. I was an ultra-dispensational pre-tribulation secret raptures replacement theologian extraordinaire. I was a paid professional false prophet. That's why with my last dying breath, I had to continue to unset the snare that I set for people. There is no pre-tribulation rapture. Thus saith Yehovah. Everyone who says there is, they are a liar. They are a false prophet. Do not believe them. Do not follow them. Yeshua says, guard his words. He's warning us, he's telling us beforehand. There is no pre-tribulation rapture, period. And then he's gonna tell us what it's gonna look like. If you're not to go forth because he's already there, if he's not coming back and see what's gonna look like, for just as lightning that comes out of the east and shines all the way to the west, even so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. No one's gonna miss this. The vultures will be gathered wherever the carcass lies. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth shall mourn as they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's why you're not gonna miss it. You don't go to him because when he comes back, nobody's gonna miss this. He's not coming back in secret. It's gonna be like lightning ripping the entire sky open. There is no secret rapture. He will send his angels with a great song of a trumpet and gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable concerning the fig tree. When the branch is tender and it brings forth leaves, you know that the summer is near, so likewise. When you see all these things, know that my coming is near even at the door. Truth I say unto you, this generation will not pass until all these things be fulfilled. When you see the abomination and desolation transpire, get ready. The seven thunders are gonna be so hellacious, but know that it's just about there. It's almost there. Now, I'm gonna move on. Matthew 24, verse 45. Who, at the time of the great tribulation, when the abomination of desolation takes place, who will be considered to be a wise and faithful servant of the master? Who has been made a steward over his master's household? Who is gonna be considered to be wise and faithful? The servant who continues to give the household adequate nourishment for the times. Blessed that servant will be when his master finds him feeding his household when he comes. Truth, he will make him ruler over all his possessions. But if a servant says in his heart, my master delays his coming, he didn't come in the year 2000 on January 1st, all the other things that went on out there. Truth, if a servant says in his heart, my master delays his coming, he begins to smite his fellow servants. He used the internet to smite fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. That servant's master will come in a day that he's not looking for him and in an hour that he's not expecting. He will cut him into little bitty pieces and sentence him with the other hypocrites. That's a servant, 
That's what Yeshua does to his servants that step out of line. There will be bitter weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then we go to verse one of chapter 25. At that time when the evil servants say that their master delays is coming, the kingdom shall be heaven likened un, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins, who are the attendants who prepare the bride. They all took their lamps, went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five of them were morons. That's what it says in Greek. Moros, morons. Those who were morons took their lamps, but didn't take any extra oil. The wise took their lamps and also extra oil in their vessels. The bridegroom tarried, and they all became weary and slept. At midnight, a cry went out, look, the bridegroom comes. Go out to meet him. The virgins rose, trimmed their lamps, and the fools that said, give some of your oil. Our lamps went out. They said, ha, no, sorry. You didn't prepare, you weren't ready. It's, you know, go, go, go to down to the local, uh, you know, go check the internet, you know. Go go to uh, you know to, to a mega church and uh, you know and, and go buy yourself some oil there. You ain't getting none of ours. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with them. And then the door was shut. Later, the other virgins came and said, "Open the door." But the bridegroom said, "To the truth, I don't know you. I don't know. I have no idea who you are." He said, therefore watch, you don't know the day or hour when the bridegroom will come. That was added, when the bridegroom will come, that was added by the ancient Hebrew Matthew. You don't know the day or hour when the bridegroom will come. Now, this is very important because again, these are Yeshua's last words. There are four that are there to hear it and now it is being recorded. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who traveled into a far country, called his servants, delivered his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent. And uh, talents is a, uh, you know, it, it's, it's money is what it is, it's assets. And uh, he gave uh, to each man according to his individual ability. And he immediately left on his journey. He that was had received the five talents, went and traded with them, and he made another five talents. The one that was given two gained another two, but he that had one went and dug a hole and buried his master's money. Well, after a long time, the master of the servants came and reckoned with them. He that had received five talents came and brought his other five and said, Master, you gave me five talents, so look, beside them I've gained an additional five talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your master. He that received two talents came and said the same thing. And he said, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your master. And when he came to the one who was given one talent, he said, ah, I knew you're a hard man. You reap where you don't plant yourself and gather where you haven't done any work. I was, I, I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here, here it is. You're gonna have it back. And Yeshua said, the master said, you wicked, 
You slothful sluggard, you slimy servant. I gave it to you and you were supposed to do something with it. I gave you my assets and I expected you to do something with it. You, you could have at least, you could have done something with it, but you didn't do a thing. So he said, take that, he had one of his servants, take it from him and give it to the one who had the 10 talents. Because he that has been faithful will be given even more and he will have even more abundance. But he who has not been faithful, even what little he has been given will be taken away from him. The utter unprofitable servant will be cast into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In this life, we have been given talents. We have been given the assets of the kingdom to some degree. Some people have been given the, the, uh, the power to, to get wealth, others not. But we are not to squander what we have been given in this life because for all of eternity we'll be rewarded for what we actually do and what we sow into the kingdom. This is the time of year that we, we look at, at these things and we, we realize that, you know, a, a tenth is what we owe the Almighty for drawing breath on the earth. A tenth, give it away, give it, at least a tenth. If you give that away, more will be given to you. And this is the rule of the kingdom. As you give, then it will be given back to you. As you become a giver and are a giver, then what will turn around is that it will be given back to you. The Almighty will give it back to you. Men may take it, they may steal it, they may squander it, but if you give, then you are loaning to the Almighty and he is the one that will repay you. And this is, goes for everything that we have in life. When the last breath is drawn, it's what we've done for the kingdom because we will have the opportunity to enter into the joy of the Lord or what we will do is we will weep and we will wail and we will gnash our teeth because what we had been given, we didn't use for him. We squandered it on ourselves. John chapter 16, verse one. These things have I spoken unto you, you apostles, you few, that have been called, you've responded appropriately, you've been trained. I've spoken these things unto you that you should not be offended. Again, it's the word scandalizo. You should not be caught in a snare that has been set for you. And that's exactly what Yeshua said. It was all about in Matthew 24 when he spoke to his four disciples. He spoke things to them. He said, guard them, protect them, remember them. That if the spirit is in you, the spirit will remind you of them. It'll keep bringing it back over and over and over like I do. I keep bringing it back over and over and over is because the spirit is speaking to you out there. He does not want you to be weeping and wailing and gnashing your teeth because you missed the whole point of life. 
that you've squandered it on mammon. He wants you to live for him so that for all of eternity, you will have the result of being a faithful servant. I'm telling you these things, I've spoken these things so that you will not be snared. You will not be scandalizoed. You will not be ensnared. They, they shall put you out of the synagogues. They're gonna, the Pharisees will eject you from their places of meeting, their synagogues. Yea, the time comes that whosoever kills you will think that he's doing God a service. <laughs> That's exactly what Shaul, a Pharisee, thought. He thought he was doing God a service by killing followers of Yeshua. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father and they've not known me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you will remember that I told you. I told you that they would come after you. I told you that they will kill you. And I want you to remember this. I promised this. I said, if you follow me, you're gonna end up dead. All right? There are chances of making it out of here in the, the, you know, with your body, mortal body being changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye is like slim and none. You're probably gonna be rotting in the grave and then your rotted body will put on, your corrupted body will put on incorruption. Very few mortals will put on immortality, so get ready for it, prepare your mind. That's what Christians are having to do in Muslim countries right now. They have to prepare their mind because they know that they're gonna have their head cut off because they're not going to deny Yeshua. And guess what? Their reward is going to be great. Their reward is gonna be so much better than those who overate and died because of that. Now, we're gonna go on down. I want you to go down to uh, verse seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For I do, if I do not go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they did not believe in me as the prophet. They missed it, they missed the whole thing. And this is what uh, uh, sin is in this particular thing, harmartio, they missed the mark. That's what harmartio uh, translated as sin is. You know, sin is literally the violation of the Torah, but in this case, it's because he will reprove the world because they missed the mark, because they did not believe that I was the prophet, the prophet that should come. And this is what it's talking about in 1 John, that false prophets are gone out. And how do we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of a false prophet? A false prophet will not recognize that Yeshua is the prophet that we must shema, we must hear and obey. He will reprove the world of righteousness because I go to my Father and you shall see me no more. And so this righteousness is acting righteously in keeping the, the Torah. That is what righteousness is. Your righteousness is in the payment of the death penalty. Yeshua frees us from the curse of the breaking the law, which is the death penalty, and we are to walk in righteousness after that of judgment because even the prince of this world will be judged. 
I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot handle them now. Howbeit, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. We weren't born with all truth, but we can be guided into all truth. This is the spirit of truth that is to be in us. It is the spirit of the Messiah which is in us, and this is the gift. Now we go to chapter 17. These words spake Yeshua as he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, and he is with his disciples at this time. This is the Lord's prayer, Yeshua's prayer. Not the prayer to our Father, but it is his prayer. He lifted us his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour's now come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you. As you have given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is life eternal. This is the purpose of life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Yeshua, the Messiah, whom you have sent. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the purpose of eternal life. So it'll take all of eternal to know Yeshua. Most people don't even wanna know him today. You get people asking me to make photocopies of pages to see if they agree with me. No, yeah, 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 you either get it and learn about Yeshua, I'm not, I'm not making you photocopies so I, you can see if I agree with you. I, I don't wanna agree with you. You know, you know, I spent my whole life to get to know him. And this is the reason of eternal life, to get to know Yeshua and to get to know the one true God. I have met people in this life that don't even wanna know him now. You better believe that these people are not going to be cluttering up the streets of gold, all right? They ain't gonna be there, thankfully. You know, we put up with enough morons in this world now, we don't need them, you know, hanging around for eternity. So he's letting us, giving us heads up. And then he says right here, now we're gonna go down to verse 14. I've given them thy word. I, Yeshua, have given them, my disciples, your word. And the world hates them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I'm not from their religious world. Uh, and that's what he's talking about, the world of religion. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil of this world. Protect them, guard them from the evil of this world. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. That's why this is a ministry of the word to communicate the word to you, because the word is truth, not what you feel, not shaking violently and having your head snap around, oh, this person is really moved by the spirit. No, they're probably tortured by demons. Take a look at their lives and see what happens, okay? Goodness gracious, I mean, the, the, the ridiculous stuff that is done in the name of, of the Lord. Yeah. I didn't, don't even get me started. Thy word is truth. Your experiences are so sick and twisted and tainted, but the word is truth. 
oh, God is doing some new thing. No, he isn't. His word establishes the universe. He's not doing some new thing here. As you have sent me into the world, even so I send them into the world. And for their sakes, I have sanctified myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. I am not only going to pray for these alone, but pray for those that should believe on me through their word. That's us. Yeshua is praying for us. So that we all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they may also be one in us, and that the world may believe that you have sent me. Because when the spirit of the living God is in you, it changes everything. It is the testimony to the world. Then verse 26, I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare. Yehovah, Yehovah, Yehovah is his name. I will declare it that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them and I in them as well. And now we're going to go to Yeshua's last words because now we have John chapter 19, just the very next chapter's over. John chapter 19, and we read in verse 30. Verse 28. Yeshua, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. And this is at the end of the sacrifice when the priest up on the Temple Mount had sacrificed up to 250,000 lambs. Now the last one to be sacrificed is the one that is sacrificed by the high priest. It is the one he selected from the sheepfolds of Bethlehem, brought in on the 10th day of the month of the Aviv in the triumphal entry, staked him on the Temple Mount for four days. This year it was on Shabbat. Now it is on Wednesday afternoon in which the, uh, the, that, that Passover lamb is finally, this one selected by the, the high priest, is finally sacrificed, and that is when the priest then wets his lips and makes ready to make the proclamation. Yeshua said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and he filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Yeshua had received the vinegar, he cried. And the words of the high priest rehearsed at this very moment, every year, when the last Passover lamb was sacrificed, it is finished, he bowed his head and he died.